0: So, a global crisis, it's known for everyone in different ways. That movie you were looking forward to was delayed a year, and wow, that may be a bit much. Some look at the numbers and worry, while others look at the numbers escalating so much so quickly that it's hard to have any real reaction. It's hard to process. But on a more serious note, maybe someone in your family is affected by the crisis and you're suddenly forced to reassess your understanding of it or your employment might be seriously threatened or eliminated entirely. For me, several things happened in succession to really drive home the fact that this current thing is truly changing life as we know it. Employment is, as of now, still there, but hanging by a thread. The streets of New York have less and less cars and people. But a specific moment really solidified the truly weird times we are living in as you may have noticed none of you are here right now to a studio audience made up of empty chairs and a handful of key production staff stephen colbert delivered what was undoubtedly the weirdest monologue and maybe the most surreal episode of late night that i have ever seen on march 12 2020 the rehearsal was the show and so began late Night's struggle to adapt to the idea of being a live show with no audience and by the following week a TV production that joins thousands of other workers in a number of unrelated industries, in the pandemic-friendly work-from-home initiative. But working from home as an entertainment product manifests in a drastically different way than it does for, say, a software programmer or a customer service rep. And what happens when a late-night talk show with hundreds of crew members behind the scenes, guests joining each night, a house band that provides live music, and a live studio audience adding the energy that glues the entire experience together, is forced to isolate and break down all those elements to the core essentials of its product, Late Night TV becomes indistinguishable from your average YouTube video. Late Night has entered a lo-fi era. I wish reality had automatic circuits. In February 2016, Carpool Karaoke with Adele hit 65 million views in what was then an unprecedented amount of time. It was the exclamation point for a year that had seen late night television completely take over a platform they once saw as the enemy, the eater of profits or the provider of piracy. Just a year prior, mainstream consideration for YouTube was much lower but quickly rising. The small innovation started by SNL Digital Shorts and Jimmy Kimmel Pranks was now a full-blown marketing and publishing strategy. But by the time Adele Carpool Karaoke hit, YouTube felt less like a platform for independent creators and more of a Hulu homepage, with the trending tab and recommendations filled with clips of James Corden trying to convince you that he's funny, or Jimmy Fallon ruffling Donald Trump's hairpiece, and two things became clear. One, the golden era of YouTube was over because, two, it was then obvious that YouTube, beyond a platform, was its own type of entertainment. YouTube wasn't a website, it was an art movement. YouTube isn't just DIY charm or sketches or song covers filmed on a webcam. It was all of it. Tutorials, video games, essays, short and feature-length productions rivaling Hollywood, not in production budget but in production value, all with distinct personalities and styles. From highly produced narratives to vlogs with seemingly flawed videography, shaky camera footage or frenetic editing. It was content not seen on TV. It was content TV wouldn't dare touch. But the beauty of YouTube isn't just that you can find everything traditional TV couldn't offer. It's the appeal that anyone could be on it. It's a green light for creatives to explore and develop their talent with the potential for immediate feedback or exposure to bigger and better things. Over the past decade or so, being a YouTuber or a content creator became a career path. And for a lot of content creators, it is content that is entirely self-funded or self-produced. There's no team, no professional hair and makeup crew, no one to hold cue cards or direct your timing, no one to pull focus or check your sound levels, there's no booker to get you that big-name guest. It is a lonely path, one filled with disillusionment and disappointment excitement and enigmas or busy schedules and burnout it is truly a life for the passionate and those that are a little crazy to be able to create and make a living creating is the dream for so many of us i sure would love to just make stuff and not have to stress about you know life but i like so many other creators don't have time to just make stuff there's so much going on in the world that it's a miracle to have even a moment to brainstorm to sketch or write And on the off chance that there's time to make something you're happy with, what are you getting in return? Where's the monetary incentive to keep going? And what happens when YouTube inevitably changes its algorithm again, burying you and thousands of other creators again? The safety net is non-existent, and uncertainty is the only certainty. And so the style and voice of the YouTube native has been slowly facing erasure in Google's pursuit of bigger content and bigger ad budgets, dating back to the late night renaissance that peaked with Adele Carpool Karaoke. It is ironic then that as creators of all sizes and ages are today producing bigger and better content than ever all across the board, corporate media has had to resort to a format native to that of the platform they took over. Today, late night and most of the talk TV landscape looks like what the dark ages or the golden era of YouTube looked like. That amateur look that wasn't up to broadcast standards just a short time ago. And on the very same YouTube that once terrified TV, how the turntables. Watching late night TV the past few weeks has been a jarring, awkward experience. A lot of us can be so used to the beats on, say, last week tonight, that you can almost hear in your head the audience approval of a joke. The laughter or the cheers. like they should really give Liverpool the league title, because they basically won it, that would actually be fair, okay, 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 it's, okay, I'm done. But they're not there. Writing teams accustomed to setting up jokes and following with a big audience-pleasing punchline have to suddenly figure out how to not alley a host to the sound of an empty room. Now, a host had to be funny without that crowd feedback, or that sidekick to bounce off of. There's no rim shot to punch up a joke. Late Night has had to relearn comedy and relearn entertainment. As a result, we've seen people's homes and families. We have some idea as to what they look like without professional makeup and lighting. Some even don't have a camera other than their laptop's webcam. And oddly, there's a sense of comfort and the sort of equality that is for a moment felt. Yes, these are millionaires hosting multi-million dollar shows for multi-billion dollar corporations, but in the absolute lack of normalcy on TV, there is a faint sense of a shared experience. Stars, maybe they really are just like us. And then, the jaded side of me sees this, and I can't ignore the lo fi of it all. The fact that it is indistinguishable from your average YouTube vlog or a livestream, and then, I remember, this show can look like shit they can afford to fail. The safety net that is non-existent for most of us is a room-sized hammock on that side. Lo-fi is little more than the aesthetic, an unfortunate but not unwelcome side effect of a global crisis. Millions of jobs may be lost every single day, but theirs are not. But there's the flip side. This is their job. And from their presence on screen, any screen through any camera or room, there is an entire crew of people, hundreds of them, that can count on a paycheck because of it. This in heartbreaking contrast to so much of the media landscape these days, where productions are being halted, publications are being shuttered, and thousands of media jobs are vanishing. We need information and entertainment, and late-night shows have been the vessel through which a lot of us can parse through relevant topics or events. And a lot of it happens through YouTube. YouTube is how late-night found a new audience and regained relevance, especially in the Trump years. Myself and many others, we look for voices of reason, of humor, and perspective to make sense of dense political happenings, and find some levity in how we talked about the absurdity of the world we suddenly found ourselves in four years ago, and have been ever since. And now, in the midst of what is probably the most impactful global crisis of our lifetimes, we search again for meaning, levity, companionship, and truth. And if it happens to look like crap and sound like doo-doo, so be it. And if it turns out that the only difference between CBS, NBC, and this video is a room full of people, then maybe we really are all in this together. From a safe distance, of course. I'm gonna go wash my hands now. Thanks for your time. Like if you like, share if you care, and subscribe if you'd like more content like this in the future. We are the UD, and this has been Factually, maybe? So I'm back here. Uh, Also, shout out to YouTubers who've been doing this for a long time, and making us pros look like real dopes this week, I tip my cat. I know a lot of you out there are stressed because we're all in isolation and no one knows how long this is gonna last, but I have a simple message for all of you. You got this.